Hey, what's going on, people? It's Jay Good at StraightOutToDen.com. I would like to welcome you to the Straight Out to Den podcast. Uh, this week's podcast is brought to you by the good folks over at Lander. Um, based in Montreal, Canada, Lander is the world's first intelligent drag-and-drop instant mastering service by Mixed Genius. Um, you guys know, just for being a listener to today's podcast, what we're going to do is give you a free trial. Um, all you got to do is go to Lander.com. That's L-A-N-D-R.com slash promo slash S-O-D-D. Um, you're going to go there and you'll get a free trial two free mp3s actually uh, of your master try it out um i use it all the time it's a great service man it's it's, you know it's fairly easy um all you're doing is literally click and drag you know drag and drop type process and um you get to choose you know your your uh, different levels um and see the difference hear the original version versus the mastered version and you can clearly hear the difference in your music and um i I guarantee it's it's worth every um every penny but guess what you know you're getting it a free trial so you don't have to pay for it right now so go and try the free trial out uh let me know what you think let lander know um what you think you can tweet both of us um but go to lander.com that's l-a-n-d-r.com slash promo slash s-o-d-d and um check it out let me know um so this week's podcast um have have a very interesting topic um to speak on with you guys um you know we've been in and doing some different things um as far as the podcast going and um last week i know we we had meticulous um on the show and and um, he really went in depth about you know being a producer and finding ways around um you know as far as branding goes um as being a producer i actually got his tape in um over the period of time when you guys heard the podcast and um just the the physical product in the hand is it's almost like a, you know the novelty of a collector's item um very very dope um piece of you know just branding and piece of merch that i have that you know sets him apart from the rest of the pack and so this week um we're gonna you know kind of stay in the same vein but instead we're we're not going to talk about a producer we're going to go into uh, what some people may even say is the original producer um and when it comes to hip-hop anyway and, and we're going to talk about the dj and so today's podcast really is talking about why you should have a dj on your team um so as an artist you know you you hear um so many different things about you know the different people that you need around you you know you might need a manager a publicist um you know you you may need a road manager or you may need um somebody handling your merch and you know all of those things are great you know um I've said it on this podcast um before that you know you definitely want to grow to the point where you need all of those things um but the truth of the matter is right now you don't need a whole lot of those things until you continue to grow and once you grow and progress um, in your career, you'll have more things to manage and therefore you'll need more people on your team. But uh, the one thing that, that I think that a lot of artists kind of miss out on um, is actually finding a DJ, you know. Um, so just with that being said, like, first off, like, what is a DJ? And, and I know some of you guys, if you're some older heads, you're probably laughing right now when I said, what is a DJ? Well, you know, believe it or not, a lot of people don't know um, what a DJ is or, you know, the original um, DJ, if you want to go there with it. Um, and of course, you know, the DJ has different um, different meanings and, and, you know, it started from, from different 
different places depending on what you want to think about it but uh the true origin um of the dj or disc jockey um depending on you know um who, who you're talking to um i'll give you guys the wikipedia definition it, it says it's a person who plays recorded music for an audience um either a radio audience if the mix is broadcast or an audience in a venue such as a bar or nightclub right so that's pretty much typically what you would look at as a dj um in today's time um early on what the dj was was pretty much doing the same thing you know they were using turntables to play these records and they were actually finding these um you know break beats if you will um and literally like a break in the beat so you know you can have like a james brown record where there's all this instrumentation and it was a, t a period in the record where james brown would kind of like go into break and you might just hear drums or you might just hear like um you know some piano playing or something like that. but it was literally a break in the music and you know kind of what really got hip-hop started was these djs would find those breaks in the music and they would just you know go back and forth and, and with two records and loop those breaks if you will right and, and from there you know you kind of got um you know some battles or you know some um people rapping over those breaks and eventually that all of that um turned into you know rapping or what we know as rapping today you know but that's the origin right there right um so that's that's the dj you know that's that's what a dj is and and, and you know in, in the term of the word but really i want to go into like why you should have a dj on your team right so like i said earlier on you have all of these different components and, and different people in your camp but you know you're missing that dj and, and the reason why i say you need a dj number one um it'll make your live show 10 times better um just think about it for a second right if you're in the early stages of your career, like most of um, you are, you've probably rocked a show where there was already a DJ there or, you know, there was somebody that asked you for a CD and you literally gave them a CD or gave them, you know, the thumb drive of your music. And, you know, unless you went to a sound check, which, you know, more than likely you didn't go to a sound check, you, you know, you're kind of just going off of, you know, hoping that this DJ knows who you are and, and hoping that he'll figure out your sound and, and, and things of that nature. Well, if you have your own DJ going into those environments, you have something, you know, you have a rapport that you've already built. Um, you're going to stand out because more than likely you're going to be one of maybe two or three people um, in a show that actually have a, a DJ with, with them for a set. And so all of those things kind of, you know, it gives you that look, that edge over the competition, if you will. It shows like, well, this guy's seasoned already. He already has a DJ traveling with him and he has a DJ that knows him, his sound and knows, um, you know, knows where to stop the music or know, you know, which, which part of the record that's going to get people the most hype. So, you know, all of those things really make, you know, a huge difference. Like those DJs, they create a vibe, you know, and, and when you, when you find, truly find a good DJ, um, that can find that vibe and know how to create that vibe, it'll make a world of a difference for everything else that you have going on in your circle. Right. So, you know, those are just kind of some quick things of, you know, just making your live show better. Um, we're in the age right now where, truth be told artists are not selling music as much right but one thing that artists are truly making money on is live shows and merch well 
if you can make your live show one of the best live shows possible, then you're going to be remembered, right? And if you're remembered, then you're going to get more calls. And if you get more calls, that means that's more cash flow um, coming in for you. So that's that's one huge advantage. Having a DJ, it makes your live show looks great, especially if you have a DJ where you guys are actually practicing. You're going back and forth. You're figuring out, you know, what works best for, for me, what works best for you. You know, what kind of cues are we going to use to know when you should stop the music or when you should um, let the music play a little bit longer or when we should go to the next song you know um, you can't kind of play off of your audience if you have a good DJ a good DJ will know that hey the audience is not into this record man we may need to move on well let's work on a transition to move on where it seems seamlessly uh, moving on as opposed to an abrupt uh, stop and now you have people looking like well what, hey what's going on so all of those things really help out with having a DJ on your team um, number two and believe it or not, DJs still break records. Um, so just follow me for a second, right? Think about it. If you have a DJ that's been on your team for, I don't know, maybe, you know, two or three years, they've been your, your tour DJ. Um, you guys have been doing hole in the wall clubs. You, you've worked your way up to doing, um, you know, some nice 200 to 300, um, size, um, venue and, you know, that DJ starts to get some serious notor notoriety um, in wherever you are. And maybe that DJ is starting to get picked up to where he's working clubs now. Well, guess what? If you have a DJ that you have a great rapport with, he's your, your show DJ and your tour DJ, then I can almost guarantee that he'll find a way to work your record into a mix in a new crowd. So what's happening there is like your music is getting played in multiple outlets. Your music will be played in every place that that DJ is at. Um, one of the DJs that, that I work closely with, uh, DJ Five Me Up, he, he's the, the house DJ at uh, PAG Lounge um, that we do a show there uh, twice a month, you know, every other Saturday. Well, you know, he, he gets gigs outside of PAG. And the one thing that he does is these artists that come and show up there, he liked the music. He'll ask for the music and he's playing it at his other sets. You know, he's playing it at those clubs. He's playing it even when they're not performing because he's he's out there. He, he knows the job of a DJ. The DJ truly is to break records. That's the whole point of a DJ. Really, you want to move the crowd and you want to break new records in the process. If you can figure out that formula, you'll be around for a long time. So, you know, he's going out playing these new records. He's, you know, he, he's figuring out a way to entertain you and play maybe some Drake in future, but I'll, I'll you know, throw in some Fleetwood Fred in there. And, and you're kind of like, man, you know, who is this Fleetwood guy? What, what's this record? And now you have, he's generating interest now um, from the records that's playing. His buzz is building up. And guess who else buzz is building up at the same time? USD artists. Um, you know, he's going to go out and, and talk about those records. DJs have DJ friends. <laughs> it's just, it is what it is. So that DJ is going to go out. He's going to tell you, you know, his friend about, oh man, this is a new record I'm spinning here. Check this record out here. Or this one here is getting a nice reaction in a club. This one is getting a nice reaction at house parties or, you know, here or there. You know, DJs talk with each other like that. They, they want to know what's hot. If you have something that's hot, then guess what? Me as a, a competitive DJ, I want what's hot too. So we're going to go back and forth. We're going to talk about it. And if you have a DJ that already has a rapport with that you have a rapport with already, then he's going to start mentioning your names in conversations. And so that one conversation 
now your music is in the hand of, you know, another DJ who's going to go and have a conversation with another DJ. And even if he doesn't, he's going to go and play that music in another venue. And now you've reached a whole nother audience because this DJ over here is playing your music and taking it there. And, and it's just, a, a you know, a rinse and repeat type thing. Next thing you know, there is about, you know, 10 DJs around the city that has your music and your music is playing in, in all these different venues. And now you are um, all of a sudden starting to gather um, a larger buzz than what you had. Right. And, and so there's another thing here. You know, there's record pools. Right. Um, eventually, your record may reach up to a point where a DJ may add it to a certain record pool. Um, DJs have online catalogs. They have places where they can upload music or, or download music, make recommendations to other DJs. Um, and so if your music makes it, its way into one of those record pools, now you're there in a global space where anybody um, that's willing and open to try new music, which every DJ should be at this point, um, can download your music and now they're playing it at one of the, their venues. Um, believe it or not, DJs are on forums all day long. They're on blogs, you know, they're, they're looking for new music. They're looking for, for artists to break. So if you have a DJ that's already in your pocket, man, you guys are already, you know, working together and, and, and grinding from the ground up, then you have a long lasting relationship that will work for you and for him as well. He, him, he or she, um, so, you know, those those are just some quick little tidbits, um, you know, for why you need a DJ, man. Um, you, you just have to remember that this whole industry is a networking process, right? If if you're not networking, then you are not working correctly. You got to network. Um, one thing that I noticed that, that happens quite often um, with with live shows, you have artists that show up to a live show. Um, rock the house like you know everybody loves the performance but then all of a sudden the artist is ghost they, they leave and yeah that's that's you know if you got another show I get it but if you go there and make you know the best of that and, and network with everybody network with that DJ there you know and that really brings me to my next point with um, you know why you should have a, a, a DJ um, on your team, you know, I know it's that, that, that question now comes to like, well, okay, how do I get a DJ? Right? Well, there are several options for you on how to get a DJ. You can go out there and, and hit the different clubs and venues and, and, you know, see who's on the scene and, and see who, who's actually out there, um, making great, you know, um, leeway and, and really, progressing as a DJ, you can go out and do it that way, right? You can go to these venues and see, well, who is this DJ or who is that DJ? That works. That that absolutely works. But um, something that's even better than that is ask your peers, right? If you if you are a rapper or, or you know, MC artist, whatever, um, nine times out of 10, you're not the only artist that you know, right? And so if you're not the only artist, then you should go and talk to these other artists and ask them like, hey, man, who, who do you know is, you know, a decent DJ, man? I'm looking for a DJ to go on the road with. And I'm quite sure they'll be able to get you a list of at least two to three DJs out there, right? And, and so you take that list and now you go and do your own research. You go and look at the DJ and see if this DJ is doing something that, that's of value to you. Um, if the DJ is actually, you know, putting on, on decent shows, if he's spinning right, if he's, you know... Um, how, how does he interact with, with the artist that, that's on his set? Um, 
is he working with them well? Is he dropping music the right way? Or, you know, is he asking questions? Um, all of those things are important. And if you can find a DJ that's really working to do all of that, then that may be your first, you know, go at or your first stab at like, maybe I should work with this guy here. You know, everything is a trial and error type um you know, bases and you got to work, work through the kinks and eventually it'll, it'll work in, in both of you guys favor. Um, another way that you can find a DJ is simply by going on DJ forums, you know, um, Google is everyone's friend type in DJs in Atlanta, um, or DJs in LA or DJs in the UK, um, DJs in, in Spain, wherever you are, you know, um, and I guarantee you're going to get a nice list of, of, DJs and, and some of them may not be good DJs, but you're going to get a list and it's up to you to do your due diligence and go out and do the research and make sure that they, these are DJs that are that are be, you know, worthy um, of, of having, you know, you adding them to the team. Um, so, you know, now that you kind of have an idea of how to go out and get a DJ, you know, that is that's that other thing, that other element that, you know, the money factor, um, how much you know, should I, I pay to have a DJ on my team? Um, we're in, in, in an age where, you know, barter is everything. Um, but if you don't have a bartering system, um, number one, you should, but if you don't, um, then, you know, a DJ is providing services and that DJ, you know, um, should get paid. Um, but with that being said, you should try to find a DJ that's open to the long picture, you know, um, you don't want to find a DJ that's kind of short term. Um, you want a DJ that's going to think, you know, down the road. And I'm not saying that to say where you should not pay a DJ. I, I think you should. You know, if that DJ is worth the services that, that they're rendering, then you should definitely pay them. However, you should find a DJ that that knows the goal, right? If you if you approach a DJ with a plan in place to say like, hey, man, this is who I am. This is where I'm at in my career. This is where I'm working to be. Um, I would love to have you on my team. I love what you're doing. Um, but this is my budget. If you put everything out there like that, then that DJ can either say yes or no. Um, and if you present things in the right way and, it's, and if that DJ feels that it's beneficial for him or, or, or her, then you may be well on your way to starting a, a decent relationship and you can kind of grow from there. Um, one thing to know that is everything is negotiable. You know, you may start something one day and you may have to change that. And there's nothing wrong with that. You can't be afraid to make changes in your contract or, you know, changes in your agreement. As long as you sit down um, at the table and have a, a genuine conversation and, and express why you feel that things need to change. Um, all of that, you know, it, it definitely can be done as worth it if you, if you present it in the right way. So, um, I know those are three quick, quick jewels. Um, on how to, you know, really um, get with the DJ and find out why you need them on your team. N number one, um, they're going to make your live show better. I mean, that's, believe it or not, that's one of the best things that you can do to have a DJ on your team. They're going to make your live show better. And and a lot of them will do it without you even, without you even knowing it. it it'll just happen naturally. Um, the other thing is that they're going to work to break that record, man. If you, if that DJ is with you every live show, I guarantee anytime that that DJ is not with you, they're going to try to play that record as much as possible, especially if you guys have built that good relationship and you guys are working together, um, and have a common goal. So, you know, those just a couple of things. Um, I wasn't going to spend a lot 
lot of time on uh, on why you should have a DJ. Um, however, I do have a, a special episode. Um, you guys that's been rocking with me for quite some time may have heard this interview a while back. We did it. He was one of the first guys that we interviewed. Um, and, you know, during this time when I kind of transitioned things, um, if you guys have been a fan, then you heard this story. But we lost quite a few um, podcasts off of off of the server. We had a server issue and um, I have all of the podcasts, of course, backed up. But uh, it was during a time where I didn't want to give you guys all of those at the same time. I didn't want to flood your um, timeline and you guys have um uh, 30 podcasts in your feed. So we lost a, you know, a significant number of podcasts in our feed at some point. And I told you guys that, um, I was going to give you those, um, you know, at some point in the near future. Um, and so I figured that since today we're talking about DJs, um, I had a couple of episodes, um, with DJs. One was with, um, a color ward. They were an EDM group and we had a very dope conversation, but the one that I'm going to, um, playback for you guys today is one with um Yamin Somali. Now Yamin Somali is a DJ, he's an artist. Um at the time he was teaching um DJing at at, at a school. Um but outside of that man we had a very dope conversation that I kinda wanted to rehash today. Um now all of it will not really cover about why you should have a DJ, but just hearing his conversation and his passion about DJing, I think will really um, kind of give you an understanding of why the DJ is so important to our culture um, right now. So um, we're going to get good into that conversation uh, right after a word from our sponsor. Hey, man, you guys are listening to this podcast. Um, first off, um, I just want to say thank you. Um, you guys have been rocking with us for quite some time and, and I do appreciate it. And if you're new to the podcast, that's great too. Thank you for listening. Um, take the time out now to, uh, subscribe, uh, rate and review the podcast, um, on iTunes. Uh, those numbers mean something to us. They may not mean much to you guys, but it really does help us out. And the more um, people we have subscribed to the podcast, the better the numbers that we can actually go and take to people and show them like, Hey, this is real work. These are the fans of the podcast and this is what they're doing. And they're showing improving and we can get some other sponsors here on the podcast and they can see and say like, oh, man, these guys, um, you know, and they're, they're really listening to what you say. And so we, we love that and we want to definitely bring some more things to the table so we can get this podcast rolling um, and, and continue to give it to you guys for free. So um, if you're listening to this uh, on SoundCloud, all of that's great. We do appreciate it. But um, please, you know, go to, to iTunes and subscribe um, and rate and review the podcast. It, it doesn't take long um it's it only may only take you a minute or two but it'll mean the world to us so i I really would appreciate it if you could do that um if if you don't have itunes that's cool you can subscribe on stitcher um and tune in we are on just about anything that you can name um we are on that you know and definitely we are on soundcloud so anywhere you can find the podcast by all means, just make sure you subscribe um, and, and listen, and, and we'll greatly appreciate everything that you're doing. Um, you, this podcast today is brought to you by Lander. Um, Lander is the, is the world's uh, first intelligent drag and drop instant mastering service um, by Mixed Genius. So, um, you guys, you, you're listening to this podcast right now. That's great, and we do appreciate it. But you know, just for being a listener to the podcast, most of you guys, uh, we've done the the analytics. Most of you are underground MCs, and, and that's great. And so, you know, the one thing that you can take advantage of with Lander is mixing. I mean, excuse me, mastering. And so, all you need to do is go to Lander.com. Uh, slash promo slash S-O-D-D. Um, you go there, you're going to get a free trial. 
Um, it's two free mp3s of your master you're going to upload your mix to lander it's a very simple process you can actually do a drag and drop um, type um, deal on there and it's going to go through the process and you know depending on your internet speed it may take up to you know two to five minutes depending um, and once that's uploaded and ready you'll get a chance to preview you'll hear the original and you'll hear the mastered version and, and from there um, you'll just simply hit download and, and from and when once you hit download it'll send you an email link of your master version and you can download it from there so it's a very simple process um, you know now you can get your music mastered at uh, with quality at an affordable rate those um, that are in the music industry know that mastering is a very expensive um, but necessary process and so lander is actually making that more affordable to the indie artists um, such as yourself uh, so definitely go to lander.com that's l-a-n-d-r.com slash promo slash s-o-d-d um, and yeah, so um, like I said before, we're going to get into the interview with Yamin Somali. Um, very dope um, episode. We recorded this uh, quite some time ago. Um, I believe it was back in 2013. Uh, so uh, a couple of years back, uh, but de definitely a great episode um, and some great insight on DJing and just um, hip hop in general. So enjoy. What's going on, man? It's uh, Jay Good of StraightOutTheDen.com. Um Sitting down with the podcast with Yamin Somali, Peace. and first off, thanks, man. I I do appreciate it. And um, we didn't really get this recorded, but we were talking earlier about just you know stuff that you're working on right now, as far as you know with your with uh, being a producer. And you say you was working on scratches, so you DJ too as well. Yeah, or? yeah. When you, when I spoke to you earlier, I was mm -hmm. working on some scratches for a good friend of mine. Um, Jack Preston from the dojo. Okay. Man, you got some really good stuff coming out, and uh, it really challenged me on that front. You know, I started off as a DJ about 15 years old. That's when okay. I started buying my own records. And um, my DJ cousin in uh, New York and Long Island, Tori, uh, he, he got me fascinated with it at a young age. Gotcha. So I'd be in his basement, and his basement was like everything a kid could want. Like, a model train set, <laughs> like records everywhere, firecrackers. Yeah. But just, uh, I'm glad nobody left me in there by myself too long, you know. <laughs> but uh, that started things off for me. And uh, pretty much up until that point, well, up until this point, I've been uh, DJing, you know, making beats from the most mm -hmm. basic equipment. What do, what do you use? Right now, I use a 2000XL NPC. Okay, okay. And I MIDI that up to reason a lot. I use a lot of stuff when I can... Um, me and my friends trade stuff sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I've been trying to get ahead of the curve with this uh, uh, Ableton stuff. I haven't really cracked Man. it open yet. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I've um, I've touched it just a little bit, but man, not much. And, and I actually, you know, I have Logic here, and I mean, I use Reasons and Pro Tools for the most part for production. You know, but mm -hmm. I don't know. Sometimes, man, it is my own thing like you know how you get you get comfortable using yeah one type of piece of equipment or whatnot man and then it's like no you kind of have to get a little bit of everything but you know i sit down with logic every now and then and you know it's not that it's hard but for me reasons like it's so easy for some reason so i kind of mm -hmm. you know i lean back to that but and most cats think reason is like chinese arithmetic or something man, like <laughs> those people like, i know they're like yo how do you do this and that and i mean I guess certain people just gravitate to certain equipment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I use Logic every once in a while. I had to do a real good crash course on Logic 
when I was mixing down, not this year, but the previous year's A3C mixtape, mm-hmm. did beats and lyrics, actually did Peace to Amon Jackson, Jay Forrest, Jay Hayes, and everybody who had a hand on all the artists involved. But most of the sessions were Logic sessions. Okay. And uh, only a handful were Pro Tools. And was on, I had to kind of make sure they all sounded like they came from the same source. Yeah. yeah. And um, so now I just feel more versatile, man. Like I'm, I'm more of a Mac guy, but. PC stuff is where I started at, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, on the tech stuff, man, I just try to, you know, just keep my mind open. Like, with the DJing, uh, DJing really interests me, man. It's one of those things where, you know how stuff that was around, but you wish you kind of got into it at an earlier age, yes, man. Definitely. It was like, coming into college, I was like, man, I wish I just would have bought some turntables instead of, like, buying some clothes or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, dude, because you see it now, and now I have, like, such a feeling for it, and I still haven't took, you know, advantage of the opportunity, but I really wanted to get into the, the DJing because, you know, you hear the music and you have the ear for the music, but it's, like, really just learning how to operate the equipment, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, for you with, with DJing, and I know you said, you know, you had family members who had the equipment around, like, have you moved away from vinyl to Serato or are you still mainly on the vinyl or how do you really yeah. approach? It's kind of 50-50. 50-50. Yeah, I still buy records for sampling purposes mm-hmm. just as a collector, like I like to, I'm in the field where I can look at a good record and know I can sell it again. Gotcha. You know gotcha. what I mean? Like if it's good, like I just found um, the Bee Gees album, Odessa mm. from 69. It's a velvet sleeve and all that good yeah. stuff. And it was really good condition, you know what I mean? Like Where, where you shop? Um, anywhere, man. I mean, you know, you got the, the usual suspects like uh, Wax and Facts or mm-hmm. Full Moon or um, just here and there, man. I, 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 that's one of those things that you, you kind of come up learning not to tell people. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I got you. I mean, I, I, yeah. did, I dig as well, man. Yeah. Like, you know, I got some records here. Like, this is actually my latest two purchases man that I got from Value Village dude like, oh dope yeah. like I kind of go different places and you know sometimes I I, w- I was having this conversation with with um with with this lady that I knew and I was telling her man like sometimes I dig I dig two different ways like sometimes I dig to actually find like you know those you know hidden gems or whatnot mm-hmm. and then um, I would say about 60% of the time when I'm digging, I, I dig off covers. It's kind of oh. crazy. Like, I, you know, like this, I was looking for strings. So, of course, mm-hmm. you know, it, you know, stuff like that, man. It was like when I dig one of my records that, that um, because you, you took me on when you said record digging, man. Like, I, I love it. Like, um, one record I found, dude, that, and I couldn't believe it. It's kind of. It's almost like, how is this possible, like, to find it? Was it the Whitney Houston record? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I couldn't believe that it was, like, you know, just sitting there. And I think I got it for, like, a a dollar. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure it was probably some old, you know, promo. Man, she looking good. I know, right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Old Whitney, man. But it's just, like, you know, I enjoy that, man. It's funny, like, when you said just digging for records, dude. Mm Mm-hmm. Some people they they miss that from hip hop, you know what I mean? Like that, that just enjoyment that that you get. And I don't know how you are, man, but I can be in a record shop for like hours, yeah, just too, you man. know, just looking, man, just hoping to find something. But oh, uh, you know, uh, it's one of those. 
I guess you can say not necessarily lost art because people are still doing it, but and and this is probably coming from me a little bit ignorant for, from the DJ inside, but like, how does DJing with vinyl versus Serato like? Well, there's some benefits to Serato. I mean, the most apparent one probably being not breaking your back. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, with all your records. Like, yeah, yeah, like at the end of the night, even getting to the spot ain't that bad. But I, yeah. I typically will bust a sweat before anybody busts a sweat from dancing. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the night, you've been standing up for three, four hours. Mm -hmm. You're not really trying to do that, man. You know, yeah. so that's one thing. Also, when you you know doing your uh, your timing, you know, you're slowing records down, you're speeding them up, you can preserve the pitch, you know, yeah, stuff like that. That's always cool. Um, or turn it off if you don't, if you actually wanted to pitch it up, you know, stuff gotcha. like that. Gotcha. You can resample songs. So if I pitch a song up to where it matches something else, I can sample that, then slow it back down. So I, I can, I kind of got autonomy with the time versus the pitch situation. Mm -hmm. And that comes into more being an artist. Like if I want to sample something and I want to just transpose it, I'll sample it like that. Yeah. And then run it through Serato and then sample it. Um, if I, if I feel the need to, I mean, if it's songs I might want to scratch on, a song I'm making, mm -hmm. and I don't have no vinyl for it. But if I got an MP3 of it, there it go. Yeah, you know? that's true. That's true. I yeah. mean, and then especially in today's age, where like they're uh, so accessible to MP3, like mm -hmm. you know what I mean, like trying to find the vinyl as opposed to like, man, I don't have to <laughs> worry about finding. Like, let me just type it in. You yeah, know what man. I mean? And, and it comes up just like that. I even look for stuff I got on vinyl because I don't want to just keep using it and wearing it down. That's true. Yeah. I remember one time I was DJing. Um, and the spot I was in had a Wi-Fi connection, you know what I mean? So yeah. I was like, you know what? I want to play this song right now. I don't care. So when you went, you downloaded it. Yeah, on the spot. On the spot, got it. And sometimes, yeah, I feel like I'll be breaking the rules. Because I was in the game before yeah. it was popular to be doing what I'm doing. Gotcha. So sometimes I'm just aware or maybe like too self-aware of the, the rules, quote unquote. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But um, they say rules were meant to be broken as long as you don't pay your dues. I don't yeah. really care what nobody got to say. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. I mean, you paid your dues, man. And, and, you know, while you were talking, I was actually going to because this is how I um, first heard about you was, um, I don't know, maybe I got in an email or something. I don't I don't know. But I came across the intro record to the, the video for the, the uh, project. Yeah. And, you know, for me, especially with doing this podcast, man, whenever I come in contact with any artist that's from Metro Atlanta, I'm like, and that I really enjoy the music. Like, I need to try to sit down and talk with them. You know what I mean? So I heard, you know, I heard the intro and I'm like, man, if the intro sounds like this, <laughs> what does the rest of the project sound like? And, you know, and I, I was looking at the video and then, you know, just the visuals, it looks like you're like in a, like a um, junkyard or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, like, what was the idea behind the video itself? It was weird how it came together. Cause that's like right in my backyard. Okay. okay. That's like, that's my dude, Leon. He's a mechanic. Mm -hmm. He takes care of my lack. Like, I love that dude. You know what I'm gotcha, saying? He gotcha. looks out. But for one, um, I sampled a song by a group called The Cars. Okay. And um, I figured that would be kind of like a little interesting, like to be about a bunch of cars. That's so artist of you. Yeah. <laughs> and the song was called Hello Again. I just chopped it up. Um, yeah. That's an interesting story behind that. I was actually at 
Criminal Records having an in store with my group Clandestine. I love that. That's where I shop. That's why. Oh, yeah, 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 that's why yeah, yeah. they got they keep it fresh. Pizza yeah. Zeno and uh, all the staff over there. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the music writers at Creative Loafing, Chad Rafford, he was in the building, and we had a segment of the, uh, the in store where we took a break from performing and had people from the crowd give us records to sample. Okay. And we made beats on the spot. Oh. So that was one of the beats. And uh, it didn't have all the stuff I added later, but just the sample, the chop, the drums. Yeah. I did all that there. And um, another p- piece of it that I, um, as far as the video concept, other than it being right in my backyard, was um, the fact that all those cars are kind of like dilapidated. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's called Hello Again. So it's kind of like a rebirth in a sense. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I'm coming up out of the ashes of, um, you know, the west side of Atlanta in mm-hmm. a way, you know, like. A lot of that music that I came up on from the Southwest, me being from East Point, it don't really exist no more. Yeah, but Outkast. Everybody up, loves yeah. it, though. Yeah. You know, yeah. everybody yeah, waiting on another Outkast album. Everybody yeah. want another good album. We're not going to get in that conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're not going to do it. So, <laughs> you know, I was one of those dudes who was feeling some kind of way about the shift in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I just figured I'd be one of the people to, you know, try to reinvent Atlanta. Gotcha. Without putting all that pressure on myself because I was talking to... Um, DJ House Shoes one day and he was lamenting about his scene, you mm-hmm. know, and he was just like, not even lamenting, but just being honest. Like he told me something very important, which was that it's more important to leave a, a last a lasting imprint on the world rather than just your city. You know, so I've become more of a global citizen in my approach. You know, I've been working with people in different cities, states that's, and countries. That's a good point, man. I mean, having that type of approach just really... I like what you said, a, la- a lasting impression on, on the world, just not the city, because sometimes we do, not necessarily, I don't want to say one track, or sometimes we, we don't realize that we're thinking small, if yeah. I say that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. everybody wants to make a difference where you're at, but sometimes, depending on who you are, you can really be making a difference somewhere totally that you've probably never even been mm-hmm. and don't even realize it. You know what I mean? Like, that's real. That's, that's, that's real that you said that, man. Um, and when I get tweets from people in mm-hmm. Sweden and people yeah, buy my album in Estonia or Lithuania, like, that totally changes everything for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I can't even It makes you think, it. man. It's like, wow. Like, and I still get love here. You know, I do yeah. a show here. People buy my merch after the gigs, and they call me a fresh, a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, I'm not even... Instead of my, my attitude has just changed a lot. Instead of yeah, seeing uh, a problem, I look at uh, opportunity for a solution. You know, mm-hmm. and people tell me that, yo, man, uh, you feeling a void. You know, you're on your way, and I love that. So, you know, tell me more about that, like... um being a indie artist and in, in in this climate you know what i mean like especially being in atlanta mm-hmm. where the music that you're making is not necessarily fits the format of atlanta you know what i mean so like how do you find number one you know how is it being an indie artist but number two like how do you continue to stay true to your your art you know what i mean mm-hmm. and make a living off of, you know, what you're doing, you know? Yeah. Well, like we just said, like, just not limiting myself to 285 yeah. <laughs> is, is the, the, the crucial point. Yeah. But even when I was in middle school, man, like, I went to Party West, you know okay. what I mean? Like, I'm from East Point. But even back then, when people was listening to, like, Lil John and the East Side Boys and um, Splat Pack, and I, I appreciated it, mm-hmm. but I just knew that there was more, you know what I'm gotcha. saying? I used to listen to South Circle. 
You know, I used to listen to Suave House. Yeah. I used to listen to Wu Tang. I used to listen to Souls of Mischief. Oh, you know man. what I'm saying? Like, all, all at a young age, I can't tell you necessarily why I was just like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, people always, you know, at a young age, you know, you gotta think you you around you a child and you're around children. People used to clown me. You know, they used to make fun of me. You know, my family's from New York. A lot of them, mm-hmm. you know, I guess that's part of it. But I was always, you know around the same stuff they was around. And people were looking through my CDs if I brought CDs to school. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, I didn't even know you was up on so-and-so. Yeah, yeah, But then yeah. they'd be like, oh, you got Wu-Tang, blah, blah, blah. But then they start to get it. Like, the deeper and more pages you flip through in my book, okay. you see that I'm just, like, everywhere with it. Yeah. And it's hard. You know, I was even listening to, like, John John Coltrane and Gil Scott when I was in middle school. So yeah, I always had a, this musical appreciation. I mean, and when you say the format of Atlanta, I would say that really it's... It's radio format. And if yeah. you go to New York, yeah. you're going to hear the same stuff you're yeah, going to hear in Atlanta. You, do. you know what I'm it's saying? It's different now. It, it, yeah. it wasn't like that. <laughs> it wasn't like that It before. wasn't like that, man. Like, I, I listen to uh, Hot 97, like, all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the only thing that I hear consistent with Hot 97 that was back then was they played, you know, the reggae heavy. Yeah, you that's know? true. But outside of that, it really sounds like I'm listening to, you know, V103 or mm-hmm. 107.9. It's like, that's crazy how the South has influenced music, which is not necessarily a bad thing. It's, it's great for the for the city that, you know, and for the South in general that we have an influence on hip hop. Mm-hmm. I just sometimes wish it was a different type of influence. Yeah, because you know? it was original. That's why it popped. It didn't pop mm-hmm. because it was just the content, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I don't think people have in 10, 20, 15 years just got that reversed in their thinking. Like, I don't yeah. think, people say the music is getting dumbed down and I kind of agree, but those elements for UGK or just um, 3-6, what really stuck with me about those type of groups and I think what really popularized them was the fact that it was just different. Yeah. And it was independent out the trunk and they took matters into their own hands, you know, because mm-hmm. these labels have been folding for a minute. Yeah. And most of them are in either L.A. or New York. And yeah. when those cities were kind of like a desert, you know, the South did what they had to do to survive. You know, gotcha. your, your no limits and your cash money. Cash I mean, money. Yeah. they were they were doing things as a unit and they weren't waiting on nobody to sign no checks, you know. So I think that was kind of what was good. And Atlanta was like that, too. But see, nobody in Atlanta from here is really signing checks no more. You know, L.A. Reed is gone. He went to New York. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's that's man, that's a good point. Like, um, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, now that you say that, the only person that really and truly comes to mind is probably Jermaine Dupri. Yeah, that's it. And that, that really is the only person. And you know, one man can't do it on his own. One man can't do it on his own. You're right. Yeah, I, I think when it comes to 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 uh, Jermaine Dupri and So So Dev and Ludacris too, I forgot about that. Ludacris, mm-hmm. they they had a run, you know, mm-hmm. at DTP. Um, but the one thing I can say about So So Dev is he scouted talent like, you know, with the Criss Cross and, you know, uh, Bow Wow and, and some of the other artists. He did scout the talent and he it seemed like he believed a little more in artist development. Yeah. You know, and and like building the artists up and like, OK, two or three years from now, you'll be ready and sticking with them because he's working with some yeah. you know some artists now that he's doing that but it's true though and, and i don't know if that has something to do with the fact that he's from here and those opportunities may not be the same i really don't know you mm, know what i mean yeah, but true. it is different to see where everybody's trying to take a meeting in new york everybody's trying to take a meeting in la mm-hmm. and that's why i have so much respect for the indie artists man because 
you're not waiting. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, granted, having that machine behind you makes a huge difference as far as worldwide exposure. But the flip side of that is a lot of artists who get that machine behind them stop working as hard as they did prior to getting, you know, yeah, signed. That hunger factor. The hunger factor. And it's like, man, if you if you put the same amount of work in that you did before getting a deal to after you get a deal, I think your success will be, you know, you know, tenfold. It's just like you have to remember that what got you there is the same thing is gonna keep you there. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so as a you know, as an indie artist like the the shows because um like our our core audience are you know it's underground hip hop you know mm -hmm. and and everyone you know eighteen to thirty five that you know you have some people that want to be rappers, some people that you know try to understand the the, the game if you want to put it like that, but you know how do you because I'm sure all of your shows don't sell out right, and I'm not trying to take a shot at you I'm no, just no, no. you know asking mm -hmm. um how do you deal with that or is that or do you even notice that well for the most part when i do a gig it's usually pretty nice capacity you know what okay. i'm saying like it ain't like we in venues where they got seats and they're like oh, yeah, the seats, yeah, you know? yeah 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 like we're not even at that level you yeah. know what i'm saying we ain't doing um uh phipps or nothing like that yeah, you know yeah, what i'm saying yeah. is that phillips sorry yeah no, so, i mean i know what you're saying you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah but uh you know whenever clandestine does a nice show you know album release or something it, it usually sets a record for a venue that we at like you know, we talking like five to nine or yeah. Apache. Now we talking about spots where, you know, you got your higher end underground cats like maybe like a Slum Village or, mm -hmm. you know, like a CL Smooth Pete Rock something like that. Uh, Little Brother, um, those type of groups come through. We do a good draw for that. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? But that's home. You know, like I like to say that we get a lot of love here. Like people usually say when you're underground, you don't really get as much love at home. So you got to go out. But we do, and I'm really working on pulling that type of crowd in a. Chicago hmm. or uh, you know just somewhere in the south this or Midwest gotcha. or LA you know like places where like I spent some time in LA I actually lived out there for like a year and I was doing very well you know what mm -hmm. I mean um, but there's always different ways of doing it man like people are doing good I got a video coming out next week that is awesome like I like I like some of my videos but that's like an area where I felt like I could kind of do better Gotcha. Because that's not really like, you can't, that's not my forte, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? I'm more of a behind the scenes cat. I've kind of recently um, transformed my direction into being an artist, you know? Yeah. My thing, I was about to stop rapping and just make beats for people and do mastering and mm -hmm. scratches so, and stuff. So what made you make that transformation? Um, I, just confidence, man. Mm -hmm. You know, confidence, uh, getting older, realizing that, you know, you got to take shots and chances and, yeah. you know, you don't want to be regretful and and you know just even with my own crew man like uh my brother dt and he got another project with um a dude named conspiracy and that name of that project project that he's in is called the difference machine so being oh a God. fan of seeing him perform yeah and i ain't on stage and just watching him get down with another producer yeah you know it's like it's 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 less playful, friendly competition as it is just damn. Like, let me just get my ass up. Yeah, it's yeah, just, you know. do it. I mean, I, I can respect that, man. It, it, it's really about, like you said, taking a chance and not being regretful because, mm -hmm. you know, five years from now, I'm be like, man, what if I would have just got <laughs> on stage, you know? And, yeah, and responses and it, are good, man. Responses that's, that's are well. good, man. That's all, good. You know, all I mean is a little bit more time, a little bit more bread, a little bit more push, you know, and 
you know, people have been telling me for years, I got it, I got it. But mm-hmm. it was just like, do I really want to put myself out there like yeah, that? You yeah, know, but, yeah. you know, you got content, you know, you got to talk about stuff that's worthwhile. Um, just growing older as a man, you know what I'm saying? Looking at my society and just being a social comment commenter, you know, mm-hmm. that all those things play well. Like, I've always been a fan of wordplay and making things thought-provoking. And even in my day-to-day conversation, I love making people laugh. I love saying little funny, dumb puns and dumb yeah. shit. You know, I'm just that type of dude. So put it to a nice track with some rhymes, and that's just... That's hip-hop. Man. Yeah, that's all it is. That, that's really hip-hop. And, and, you know, I don't know, man. It's, it's I try, I try, when I have these conversations, man, I try not to be so one-sided because at the end of the day, I'm similar to you. I love music. I love all types of music. Mm-hmm. And I love all types of hip-hop. I may lean towards some else, you know, yeah. like I can only tolerate so much of some of the stuff that I hear on the radio. So <laughs> I don't tend to listen to the radio that much. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But I still listen to it. And, and sometimes it inspire, inspires me to try to make something different. You know what I mean? But I can respect as an artist, producer, all of that, man, just going out to what you believe and making music that you want to make you know what i mean because at the end of the day i'd rather have a true fan of what i'm doing as opposed to a wishy-washy fan you know what i mean it's like oh yeah i kind of like what he's doing you know i kind of like him but i like the music a little more and as soon as you try to make that turn and do what you really want to do then you lose it you know (laughs) what i mean so it's like I can respect that, man. And, you know, it's just, I guess at the end of the day, it's really about balance, trying to find a balance. And that's all I'm saying, because a good good example of that, everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people have been kind of mad at uh, Lil Wayne for that comment, the, the, the rhyme he said about Emmett Till. Till. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my thing is, like, he gets so much airplay, and nobody ever tried to balance that out first. Like, if, if there was more balance on the radio, if you heard more Book Browns, or if you heard, you know what I'm saying, like a lot more of just cats that we all know are doing their thing mm-hmm. and showed them a lot more airtime, they could have just said, you know what, we're not even going to play this Lil Wayne song because we already know that's disrespectful. Yeah, let's play, we'll play these other three Lil Wayne songs <laughs> and then maybe slide two other tracks in, something from, you know, Fonte. Yeah. Or, you know what I'm saying? My point is just that you can't really be, you can only be so mad at Lil Wayne. Yeah. I, I feel you. As a program director, as a music director, like, I'm not saying don't play Lil Wayne. I'm saying. But they're going to play it. Yeah, I mean, anyway. But yeah. the thing is, like, you just pretty much inflame the situation. You know, it's kind of like you've just been playing with fire, playing with fire. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, now all of a sudden he wants to throw more gas on it. Yeah. You could have, you know, you could have yeah. been diverse the whole time. Like, exactly. That's the only thing I'm saying. I mean, it's just common sense, man. Like, you, you overdo anything. And then on the artist tip, if, if an artist is getting a lot of love, he's going to be feeling himself enough to say something like say, that. I can say anything I want to say. Right, because they're going to play it. They're going to play it. And, and you need to have those type of it's, um, safeguards. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, and, and you know, I, I really want to stick on, on that balance conversation, man. Like, you know, the last talk uh, podcast I did, um, I was telling you with uh, Lloyd Musa. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that he said. It was like balance. It, it, you know, it used to be a time like, because nothing is really different. Yeah. It's just it's being said in a different way. Mm-hmm. But we had lollipop hip hop records back then. Yeah. You know, you had fun records, you had disco mm-hmm. when 
everybody was big on R&B and then you pull out a disco record and all the R&B people like well what is this you know yeah, what I'm saying like yeah nothing's changed like more money more problems it's like a disco remake you got exactly cats like Spice One was talking about selling crack and shooting people with 12 gauges in the face but like, you had balance <laughs> it's like you had that West yeah. Coast gangster music yeah. but you had Tribe it's that same label like Spice One Too Short KRS One all of them it's all, right all the same label that's, it's, it's the balance, man. But now you have so many people making one type of record. Mm -hmm. And, for example, you only got Common, who... <laughs> yeah, you know like, what I'm saying? He's resting like, all this hip-hop on his shoulders. Yeah, it's like, okay, yeah. hey, hey, Common, we need you to, like, you know, <laughs> so talk many, about yeah. something else. And Common looking like, hey, I really want to rap about something else, too, but I can't, mm -hmm. you know, it's... Yeah, Kwali said that a lot. He was yeah. like, it's hard to be everything to everybody all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to take it by song by song basis sometimes. And yeah, man. Nah, you're right, man. Balance is key. Like, even with me, like, there's certain stuff I just don't feel comfortable rapping about, even if I do it yeah. in my personal life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to... Because you know you got a voice. Yeah, and it's kind of like, okay, well, we all do these things, you know, like... I mean, I love sex, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, but I just don't see myself spitting another 16 about, you know having sex I just don't yeah. but on my album I have like an interlude where I'm scratching you know suggestive stuff like that mm -hmm. lines and you know I put it into a, a format where I feel like I could do it artistically without reinventing the wheel or coming off like oh he's just trying to make a, a sex song Yeah, you gotcha. know what I mean like that's just not me you know what I mean like and there's a lot of that's why I even call it the track sex edit cause it's like sex ed but I edited, edited it. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, you know, I'm glad you said that because I was, you know, I, I, um, I listened to the project and, um, where is it here? And um, that was one of the things that I wanted you to explain. I'm glad that you, you know, because I was like, okay, you know, sometimes as, because I, I try to listen to music two different ways. I try to listen to it, you know, as a producer. So, you know, sometimes listening to music like that, you get so super critical. Mm -hmm. But then I try to listen to it as just a straight consumer. And, you know, you get those different opinions. Like as a producer, I was like, man, I would have loved to hear a drop here, but it's like, dude, he ain't making it for a producer. You got to listen to it as a, you know what yeah, I mean? I listen to yeah. stuff as a consumer. That's one of the few tracks I didn't produce on that okay, project okay. too. My boy Rallo, who actually edited my next video. Okay. Super talented dude, man. Um, you can check him out. His uh, music is uh, goes under the name Ra Groove, R-A-H. Okay. Groove. Man, you know, and, and, and it's like when you say you had him, he worked on the project and he also edited the videos. Mm -hmm. It's all about building a team. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, oh, yeah. And, and I think this goes on any level, whether you're a major artist, indie artist, or just starting out. I think you have to have a solid team that understands, number one, your vision and understands that you got to have a work ethic. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because... I mean, truth is, you can't do it on your own. You need some help. No doubt. You know what I mean? You need some type of help, but you need the right help, you know, <laughs> because we all have people in our circle who they they support you 100%, but they're not there for that 100% of work that no you're doubt. doing. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like you may have a person that's like, man, whatever you need, I'm there, but like, dude, I really need you right here, right now doing this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and at the end of the day, I can understand because you're putting that person's life on hold with yours. And, you know, everybody can't. They're not made and cut out for that. That's true. Um, the, the project, man, that I wanted... First off, just I appreciate when artists put time and energy and effort into their... Because, you know, you hear stuff. And, and, you know, I talk to different people. And you have some people that... Oh, I'm trying to be this. I'm trying to be that. And you listen to their music, 
and it, the quality is not there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, when I listen to your project, I can tell that, like, every song was mixed to perfection. Mm-hmm. Every record was mastered. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that like, means a lot, brother. No, I like, man, that. that's... It's important. <laughs> yeah. Because whether you... Regardless of the level that you're on, regardless of anything, it's all about the presentation. Right. Like, if you're handing somebody something and you're telling them, like, hey, check this out, it could be anything that'll turn them off from it. Let alone if I put on the music. Like, as as being a, you know, running a site where I, I content is music all day long, I get tons of emails every day. I bet. And honestly, I can't post <laughs> 70 to 80 percent of it <laughs> yeah, yeah because it's like it's stuff Dang. that's like you know you t- you say check it out and the first um the title of it is like crack crack <laughs> shoot kill you know what i mean and it's like nothing wrong with talking about those subjects because that's reality right but it's the presentation. Exactly. Yeah. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. Like, like no idea and common and, you know, his songwriters, they had the group Cocaine 80s. Mm-hmm. But if you go and do the history of, of what Cocaine did in the 80s, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But when you got something like shoot, shoot, kill, kill, I'm on the block and just I'm like... Keywords, keywords. Yeah, just keywords. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, you should, but it's not like... It has to make sense. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, just to go back to the presentation, man, just... Just the music alone, man, where you hear it, and I can put your project in Best Buy and go and pop it in, and it sounds, yeah, you know. Yeah, that's man. I mastered know, it myself, you know, I mixed it all myself. I need to put that in my credits, man. I'm a horrible man, self. Man, do it, man. <laughs> but, For uh, real. You need to yeah. do that because that's, that's, it's quality music, man. Like, regardless of, like, if I didn't know what you were talking about subject wise, I could still listen to your project because it sounds like quality. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a point of, and you know, I mean, it's, it's a difference. Like sometimes, you know, when some stuff's supposed to sound lo-fi, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Like, you know, if you, if you like, um, I don't, you heard of action Brunson, mm-hmm. a lot of the projects he do lo-fi, yeah, like, like currency uh, loops. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but the whole project sounds like that. Yeah, so uh, I get the tone. That's what I really like about Rock Marciano. Oh yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Because um, he gets it. He make beats. You mm-hmm. know, and he he just he even speaks on it like that. You know, or like Rough Draft EP by Dilla. You know, yeah. like it sound like it came right off a cassette. You know, it's, it's, and it's that, that was the tone. That was the yeah. tone of you wanted to you wanted to feel like that that you had the um, the needle playing on the record. Right. Like, and that's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? But when you were, have a project where you have two songs sound like this, one song's here, <laughs> one song's there. You got a kick that I can't even play anywhere because it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that could be the, the techie side of me because I, you know, I try to take time and mix stuff myself, but you can put words to it. Like everybody feels that way. You yeah. Know? They don't know what it is sometimes. They're like, man, something okay. ain't right. You know that, what I mean? That's, that's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. I, mean, I realized that, you know, I asked my little cousins about stuff. I asked older people. Mm-hmm. I just, I get around with my music in terms of like, you know, just getting people's initial reactions. Yeah. That's why I used to do beat battles, man, more so than just winning, just to see people's initial reactions, you know? Gotcha. I've seen people react to my music from everybody from Lauren Hill to Fonte, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've seen a couple heads and I'd be like, yeah, you know? Yeah, I, yeah, I it's a little good. pat on the back. It's <laughs> yeah. a little pat on the back. <laughs> I feel good, you know? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that either, man. You need that. Sometimes mm-hmm. you need that little push to be like, it's kind of like, um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of confirmation that you're doing mm-hmm. something right. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I be right. in my own head sometimes. Mm-hmm. I ain't on front. So it's just good to step outside yourself, humble yourself, and yeah, and see what people who know what's up feel and people who don't necessarily in the industry because they they're more of them than there are people within the industry. True, know? that's true. But going back to team, man. Um, you know, the music edge is, I'm blessed to be able to do the music and get it done. Like, mm-hmm. in the crib, don't got to go nowhere else. But when it comes to, like, my album here in particular, it's a good example. Like, the art direction was done by Will Feagans for mm-hmm. high, mo- high Impact Multimedia. Um, my photography was done by Linda Costa. And um, we just had an event with her back in October, I believe, called okay. Baño de Luz. She does light painting with her pictures. So oh. you see my name written right there. She, yeah, yeah. she was in the picture doing that. You just can't see her because it oh. was such a long exposure that um, she just took a flashlight and wrote my name. How she? And you know, and all the <laughs> halos, she did all yeah, that with yeah, flashlight. Yeah. And oh, she's funny. moving around so much that you you don't capture her. But we had to sit there for about three minutes. Oh, man. You know, and I took photography in high school. So, you know, like old school daguerreotypes and yeah. all that old. I can't even remember all them different types of photos. But we had to sit there like it was like, you know, Wild Wild West times. Oh, <laughs> you, know? Man, you know, because that's a different, it's, it's a different perspective of art that you may not see all the time you know yeah. what I mean so it gives you a different presentation man like yeah. that's that's dope man that's... I always wanted to work with her man like you go, you buy my album the physical copy from Bandcamp you mm-hmm. see like the 12 page book got all my lyrics in it different photos of her just different crazy light pictures you know gotcha um, you can download it too when you download the digital version it'll come with a, a PDF of everything and speaking yeah. of where can they, um, they go to uh, download all of this stuff right now about. I'm keeping it on Bandcamp right now okay I'm gonna put it on iTunes and Amazon and all that stuff but right now it's just yaminsomali.bandcamp.com gotcha and um I decided to go with straight Bandcamp just because I know all the profits come directly to me faster mm-hmm. it helped me re-up faster I already sold out of my first bunch and um I just figured it would be just make stuff easier. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Because when you type it in, that's like one of the first things that comes up anyway. But um, I'm probably after this next video, I'm probably gonna put it on all the other outlets. Too. Yeah, I mean those those are good outlets to have it on. But like I said, it's direct. Mm-hmm. You know, with Bandcamp is direct. I don't know who you use as far as um, like TuneCore or anybody like that for. There's a the couple. Um, there's some new stuff out there. There's one called Mondo Tunes. I've been considering. Heard, they're new that. and then this other my other homie put me up on another one uh, I forgot the name right now but um, I'm gonna I'm test I'm gonna try Mondo probably yeah cause I got my LLC last year mm-hmm. for Yen Dollar Music which is basically like my initials like YS um, Yen you know yeah. S gotcha um, and with Mondo Tunes I don't know if you can do this with TuneCore but I realize Mondo Tunes you can register your uh, your label so Every time okay. you copy it, yen dollar pops up. Um, and it just seems like it's a one-time thing, too. Like, you don't gotcha. pay yearly. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I ain't trying to uh, advertise for them. But. No, no, no. I mean, that's... <laughs> yeah. Honestly, man, people need to hear that because everybody... It's so many people that don't realize you can do stuff on your own, man. Mm-hmm. And, I mean... Yeah, man. It's all about starting somewhere and, and building off of that. Like, put in the groundwork. And, and, and you'll be amazed at the opportunities that can present themselves by just putting in the work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, just I, I did my diligence, man. Like, I, I looked up to, uh, Sound Exchange, mm-hmm. so I'm registered with them. They got my repertoire uploaded, so anytime something get played, I got my ISRC codes, so you get your downloads, it's tracked. All of that, man. That's, it matters, you know. This is how you sustain it, you know. 
That and, and, and you know, I'm glad you spoke on that, man, because that stuff is so important. It's not all about just like, you know, getting a project and, you know, handling it. Like, and, and, you know, I remember before, one of the first things I learned about music and when I decided that I wanted to go into production was like, okay, if you don't do anything else, sign up with either ASCAP or BMI. Right. If you don't do anything, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? That's one yeah. of the first things I learned. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, before I even had a record, that's the first thing I did. I just spent a little money and, and did it yep. because it was like, man... Doing that, I guess it's uh, it's funny because, you know, you hear the the horror stories about people that don't have their publishing and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think about, I was like, man, how they don't get their publishing? And then it's like, most people don't know about, they didn't do the groundwork and learn about the business. Most people are literally pulled right off the street and put in the studio. And they think this is just how it goes. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I signed a deal and, oh... I'm signed to this person publishing. I'm like, dude, you can literally for like, you know, less than 50 bucks on your <laughs> yeah. own publishing. It ain't, you know, it's not, it's not as hard as people think, you yeah. know, think it is. And, you know, it's so important just to, to learn that, man. That's, I'm, I'm glad you spoke on that because all the way down to just the digital downloads, that stuff can be tracked. Mm-hmm. And it may seem very small and minute now, but it makes a huge difference, you mm-hmm. know, five years down the line. Like, um, the uh man what's the producer name uh, david banner he was like one of the i saw an interview with him he was like man one of the most important things he did in music was didn't sell his publishing yeah that's dope and, he, yeah. and, and you think about it like david banner he's not as big as what people may believe but he's probably financially straight because he has his publishing like all that gatorade stuff mm, i didn't know about the gatorade yeah the gatorade commercials like when they had that it was a um, period of time when they had like the old, kind of like the old old time stuff, the whistle songs and all mm-hmm. of that on, on Gatorade. It was maybe like two years ago when they had that campaign going. Mm. He provided the uh, soundtrack for all of the commercials. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. I was like, yeah. He, in the flow. Make, he makes big songs for people too, man. T.I., Outkast. Yeah, man. Pay. It's just like keeping your publishing. He was like, because you know, you want, the bigger you are, the more pub deals they're going to throw at you. Mm-hmm. And you know, the first thing is like, oh man, like let me take this couple hundred thousand dollars. And you forget <laughs> like, oh, you know, that couple hundred already cut in half because you got to pay the government. Then off of that half, you got to pay lawyers and administrative fees and all this. And the next thing you know, you signed a half a million dollar pub deal and you walking away with 80000 Man, listen. And they own, you know, <laughs> yeah. the majority of your publishing. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like when you break stuff down and look at it, you have to look at, I guess, the bigger picture. Holding out now to be situated later. You know yeah, what I mean? Man. But... It's like a house. You gotta have a good foundation. You lay the first bricks, cornerstones, all that, and then you go up. And it's easier the higher you go up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, that's one thing I've also had to grow up into a little bit more. I got a great publicist. You know, also speaking back on the team thing, mm-hmm. um, I run with Dundeal PR, and dude has gotten me looks with uh, DC shoes, I mean, acrylic clothing, um, sh- couple commercials um you know those things are important man they are you know? they are they are important yeah like um for for that independent artist or artist just in general who who needs that that um to to build that foundation with the team like what is the best advice that you can give them as far as like to start that for like, team building yeah team building um man um 
I would say let your intentions be known, man. Put it in the universe, man. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever you want, you have to... Some people, like, subconsciously know what they want, but you need to, like, put it on paper. <laughs> Write it down. <laughs> Write it down. Yeah. You know, have a conversation with yourself, man, and, you know, y'all can come to a, a solution about how you're going to get things done, you know? Gotcha. I'm the only child, man, you know? Like, I spent a lot of time in the attic. Mm-hmm doing stuff and you know on my own and I really got a chance to really connect just with myself at a young age you know what I mean gotcha. I was around a lot of older cats who were you know on their way on their path I got a friend who actually works at CSAC now mm. you know what I mean and I'm not even with CSAC but I might be able to come up on a, a mastering job or yeah. whatever just because there's so many artists I'll come in contact with but um, you know just align yourself with people that are doing positive things in the field that you do you know mm-hmm. Because I've known my publicist before he was my publicist since I was like 15, you know what I mean? Gotcha. And, you know, just keep people around you who are positive, man. You know, keep the shady people at bay. You know, sometimes you got to do business with shady people, but just make sure you got your business right. Yeah. And, you know, just, just, you know, put in time. And that's all I can really say about that, man. Like, everybody got their own situation, but um, if you got enough good people around you, you'll be good. You know, just hone your talent. That's the best with my, with my team, you know, like me and Will from, you know, High Impact, mm-hmm. we trip out. Whenever we kick it, man, you know, we have a good time, you know, like, we don't, it's not just all business. Gotcha. With, with the people I'm cool with, James from Dundeal, that's my dog, man. We can talk about whatever. Um, my man Illustrate, he did some of my beats on this album, that's like my brother. Like, you know, everybody I run with, the people I, I really would die for, you know what I'm saying? That's, that, I feel that's important too, man. Just Like, especially with the creative process, it, it kind of takes the, the edge off, I guess, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, when you're around people that you genuinely care for and that genu- genuinely care for you and you, in your best interests, I'm sure it helps with, you know, I can't speak from an artist standpoint, but I guess as a producer standpoint, Music sounds 20 times better when I can sit down with the artist mm-hmm. and we can talk like just like how we're talking right now. And yeah. I learn, you know, about the artist and that way it makes me feel like I can actually make something that caters to them as opposed to just like, oh, let me go through some beats. All right, here's three. Pick one. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. That relationship is is key. You know what I mean? That's real. A lot of the joints um, that me and Illustrate have done, we've done a lot of joints over the years, and only two of them are on here, but usually they have a story behind them. Mm-hmm. You know, like whether the record, I might have like gave them the record, the sample, or I might have showed them a little technique, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. that, I've, that I've been experimenting with, or I might have been there when he was making the beat, and then like three months later, I'd be like, yo, what's up with that track you was making that one time? <laughs> you know, like, it's always something organic about it, man. Like, yeah. he has his own uh, label, I guess you could call it a production group, a working class music group. Okay. I'm affiliated with that, just like I got my own LLC. It's, mm. it's no ego about it, man. We just go in. Like, we even talk about each other writing rhymes for each other. Like, I want you to say this, you know? Gotcha. You don't even rhyme, you know what I mean? But we just we just vibe like that, you know? Because it's always like the sum of, the, you know, we're greater than the sum of the parts, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When we're together. And um, that's just dope, man. Another thing I like to say about building a team in terms of advice Know your friends versus just, like, how can I say this? All your friends ain't going to be super talented. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Thank you for saying Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it, you got to be... Like, my uncle is just one of those people who's just very, like... 
he wears his heart on his sleeve. Not mm-hmm. necessarily his heart, but he ain't going to beat around the bush about nothing. Gotcha. And that's one of the things I picked up from him. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I'll tell you, yo, like, yo, uh, you my man. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But I ain't really feeling this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just Don't just go with the flow, man, just to be kind of like a yes man. Or don't be afraid to hurt somebody's feelings. But just don't try to hurt their feelings. You know, don't be like, man, this is horrible. Like, you know, you, you suck. <laughs> You know, you just be like, yo, man. You can be honest without being brutal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I got you. I you know got what I mean? That's all, man. That's that's a big thing, too, man. Um, you know, there's times where I might work with somebody. I just mentioned and be like, you know what, man? Like, I know we just got this done, but I can't do nothing with this. You yeah. know what I mean? And it'd be no love lost if it's all on, on G, you know, GD yeah. and, you know. That's important. People though, respect man. that about me, you know, I think. If they don't like me, they still respect it. You know? But I, I guess with doing that, that's somewhat, that's the way you have to be up front. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that you could be a yes man for six months into the relationship. And then, you know, seven <laughs> yeah. months, all of a sudden, like something clicked. You it's just like, changed. Yeah, it was like, like, what's going on? Like, I thought uh-huh. you liked everything. <laughs> I didn't change. I just, well, yeah, the way I approached the situation changed. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I hated yeah. it all along. <laughs> <laughs> I never liked the but music, that's, man. But that's, that's not considerate. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah just yeah, wasting yeah. other people's time. Like that's that, true, man. You know? That's so true. That's so true. That's just something I've had to... Um, I've had to work on, you know, because I've, I've always, I've never had a problem telling people how I feel, but I've had to work on my tact, I guess, a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's funny, man, you know, um, I was, my home, my homeboy gave me this 45 the other day, and it's, uh, it was Leo astrological, like, one side was male, one mm-hmm. side was female. Okay. And they'll go into different characteristics of these people. Now, I'm an Aquarius, mm-hmm. but my mom's a Leo, so I just happened to listen to her side. Yeah. And it said, um, uh, well, actually, on the male side, I flipped it because I was like, well, I'm sure I got some of my mom's attributes. So I looked into the Leo male, and it said uh, something about just being patient. Like, if you can be patient with somebody, even if they're not on your level, skill level, that is, um, you know, if you're patient with them, you could probably get them to follow you and support you a lot more, you know? So I was like, you know, I'm not a Leo, but my mom is, and I'm a male, so that kind of, I'm sure that, you know, that's just common yeah. sense for anything. Yeah. But I know me, you know, at a young age, I always kind of felt like I was a shit, you know, and it went away, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or I always prided myself on being able to do a lot of stuff on my own and not ask for help. So when it comes time for somebody to ask me to help, I really think I judge myself on how good I handle that situation. Because it's like, you might feel like you don't really, you're kind of like a hands-on person. You don't need a lot of people over your shoulder. Yeah. But some people need a little push, you know, a little help. So me not being an asshole about it, <laughs> yeah, it, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> is, and being like, damn, why come they're not just like me? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That, that, that just, that gets me a little closer to being like a good leader. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, a, I agree a brother that. to somebody and afraid to ask for help mm-hmm. in the future. Because that's what a king is. You know, people come to the king with their grievances or, you know, trying to get support. Like if, if I'm even the person that comes to mind for help, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If somebody looks at me and be like, man, I can't ask him this because he's going to act out you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, like, yeah. that's just not cool you know I don't, you gotta I have think, a, be a uh, approaching spirit in yeah, a sense. yeah. You, you're gonna shut doors and block blessings like yeah, that yeah that's true so um, I think that's a, a big part of the team thing too you mm-hmm. know just being um, just being an approachable person yeah and I tell that after my shows man I tell people sometimes like yo just come holler at me I, I might not have a merch booth yeah, it might even be a merch booth there and I'd be like nah just holler at me you yeah. know what I'm saying <laughs> and it just it just comes off a little bit more personable man like I, I'm, I've never been really big on the ego side but I'm human man sometimes I just forget that 
everybody ain't like me. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that's something I dealt with at, in high school and in my early 20s. And now mm-hmm. I'm just kind of coming around and being like, you know what, man, everybody ain't the same. Yeah. I can't be judging people all the time. Yeah. I can't, you know, I can't just act like I I got all the answers. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's just, that's how I approach my music too. There's a track on my album called Work in Progress with my boy Truth Be Cold. Mm-hmm. And I kind of talk about that, you know, how I'm not the same every day. I try to get better. You know what I'm saying? I might do something you ain't like in the past, but I don't necessarily think it's fair to judge me off of something I did when I was a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> Just stuff like that. You got to hear the song. You know what I'm saying? I said, uh, I lied to my mom, ditched dimes at the prom. But never have I stole a supply of marijuana, no coke, no pills. Just head show bills, dope skills ahead of my time, behind on bills. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just, just like... I understand music, man. Yeah. I, I appreciate it, man. Like, just... Dude, I, I don't think people understand when I say, like, just telling the truth makes so much sense to me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. people need to re- relate, man. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with being that newscaster and telling the story mm-hmm. of somebody else through, through you know, through, through a third person. Like, yeah. nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. It's great when you make that known that it's, you know, this is not me, this is a story. You know, a, a great artist knows how to convey that message to the audience and make them still believe, like, it's them. Yeah. But at the same time, they they know that it's not them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or like, like Nazis. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of cats like that. That's why <laughs> I'm going to say I appreciate Rick Ross. Because he's showing people how art imitates life. Mm-hmm. But even though he's coming off like as a sucker because he's getting like all these cops having to, you know, be his bodyguards. Yeah. He's talking about all this stuff. He's getting shot at now. He's really an instrument that's going to turn hip-hop around and make it go back to that third-person type storytelling vibe. Mm-hmm. Because when you're saying, I do this, I do that, knowing you lying, you don't know yeah. Noriega. You, know, yeah, you don't yeah, know yeah. Noriega. Come on. Like, really? And now you're getting shot at. So you just kind of, it's kind of like um, poetry in motion to me. You yeah. Because all, yeah. all the kids coming up seeing this, they're like, damn, well, that's not cool. If and, I'm a- <laughs> and hopefully they see it, man. I think so. I hopefully think so. Hopefully they see it. Because it, that that's, to me, you know, our biggest responsibility, man, is the generation coming up up under us, and mm-hmm. and I, I guess because like I'm so close to it because I have a, like uh, my brothers and sisters are we're so different in age. Like oh, I have weird. a 19 year old brother and a sister who will be 12 this year, oh. or no, she she's 12 now. So it's like you know we have a wide age gap, mm-hmm. and so I kind of see things from all of their perspectives. Like I got a, a brother who's becoming a young man, but he's growing up listening to. All these people talking about killing and shooting and selling dope who probably never really did that. They may have known somebody, but they don't say that, you know, tell the stories like Nas and and Jay-Z and all that. How, like, they may have seen something. They make it seem like I'm doing it. And really, it's not about that they did it. They talk about it like they're still doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the part that that, that really gets me. I'm like, come on, man. Nobody in their right mind is making millions of dollars from rap. Mm-hmm. Still selling dope, and if you are, you stupid. You dumb, and then sometimes it usually comes to light. You know what I mean? Like John Forte, he did, he wasn't rapping about it though. Yeah, I but... I, I feel for that dude because I thought he was dope. I still think he's dope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, going out like at least he got pardoned. You know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, just stuff like that. Like dudes being their own star witness, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> self snitching. It's, like, it's like, dude, what do you expect? <laughs> you you don't want to get indicted? What you yeah. talking about it? Exhibit A, yeah. your whole album. Your whole album. Like here's your album right here. You right. didn't do it. We your went and was... looked in the closet that you say you had the dope in. Yeah, right. Like, we found it. Like your, you know, your what name I mean? is C Murder. You know, you yeah, got you. <laughs> 
So now you don't want to, you know. Oh, you know, I know people gonna get mad when they hear that stuff, but it's so true though, man. Yeah, it's man. like you you put yourself in your own position, like you setting yourself up to to have somebody take a closer look at your life. Mm -hmm. You know what yeah, I mean? Before it was all about party music, mm -hmm. and even those cats' names like uh, Easy Rock, Rob Bass. Yeah, Curtis Blow. Yeah, all those people got one thing in common. They didn't catch it. Though. Exactly, people didn't catch it. Exactly, but that's that's exactly what it was about back then. Oh, like God. you know, that's the party you can go to. The party that they was at. Yeah, they, that name was like, all right, this is where it's going down at. Yeah, and nobody got indicted. <laughs> nobody know? got indicted because they didn't talk about it all the time on yeah. record. They were just like, this is it. Like yeah. that's man, it's crazy though because like when you mention that, people go back and and look at it. They were they were closer to to that than most of the people are now. Mm -hmm. Like they grew up in the era where in the eighties that's all you saw, especially like in you know in, in metropolitan places like New York, that's all you saw there. Like oh, that's yeah. the only way people flourish, at, you know, because of the drug trade, if you want to put it like that. Mm -hmm. But they didn't glorify. They gave they they made their name like that. But like I said, you had to be smart to realize it. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't like. They was trying to get away from that too. Yeah, like they they knew more than anybody, like the the downfall. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, you know that that was never nothing to aspire to. You know what I mean? They had yeah. a lot of positive lyrics too. You know, like even like the White Lines joint. I read originally that it was kind of glorifying it, and they changed mm -hmm. it to "Don't Do It." You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, so I mean, the conscience has always been there, man. And I think groups like uh, X Clan and Public Enemy and mm -hmm. just certain groups, man, like. They were kind of blackballed in a way, you know what I mean? They were kind of pushed out. Yeah, because they were trying to, they were trying to bring social consciousness to those political issues mm -hmm. a little Paris. too much. You yeah, know, what you know, know what like ah, oh, no, we gotta push y'all out, do y'all? Yes, yeah, it's, it's weird, but um, yeah. you know, they still get respect from a lot of the artists who are doing these glamorous things. You know, it's kind of weird. Like, <laughs> uh, you, you listen to some of these songs, and they all got elements of something else that came before them, mm -hmm. and a lot of these younger cats don't even know it. And yeah. I think without samples, because samples is a, is a big part of music education, you know. Yes, man. Like people don't really realize that when that synthesizer just replaced everything, you see the content changed a lot. Content too. changed. And then you know you, you you had people's parents being like, "Oh boy, that's 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 OS band," or you know, mm -hmm. that's, "That's Earth Wind and Fire, man. That's this and that." You know, now that now the conversation is missing, like the gap. Yeah. The people always thought hip hop had this generation gap, man. That's a lie, man. It, it's that always happened been, later. It happened. It, it really just started happening, like you said, like maybe two thousands. Mm -hmm. Like, I love producers, like, and that's why you know producers like Just Blaze and Kanye are my some of my favorite producers. Mm -hmm. Like even Dr. Dre, man. Dr. Dre is like one of my favorite producers. And organized noise, I can name a lot of people, but people like Dr. Dre. And honestly, I didn't realize it until I went back and did my research. Dre sample heavy. Heavy, heavy, like heavy. layered. <laughs> like I didn't know it. Like yeah. you know what I mean. And I go back and listen to records. I don't know. Maybe it's just it's the 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 guy in me. Like I'll listen to records and then I'll look at the credits and then I'll go on YouTube the original song yeah. and, and play it. Dre samples heavy. Mm, N.W.A. Chronic, the chronic, all of that. The chronic, first chronic the album. first Chronic album, mm -hmm. just about all samples. But he know how to make it. He he know how to put his sound on top of the samples yeah. to make it sound so polished. And it's like. That, that's still hip hop, and people, and, and you know, I hate when I um have those conversations with people whenever like, man, you sample, you don't know what you're doing, like, you know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. it's not about musicianship, dude. Like, 
sampling is a part of hip hop. Without sampling, there is no hip hop. Nah, man, because people was pretty like there was no strong music programs in public mm-hmm. schools, and it still ain't. They still getting cut. No, no, they getting cut every so, day. What do you expect? I mean, we made a lot of beautiful things out of, you know, some people's trash. Yeah, I've picked up records out of people's trash before. And mm-hmm. made beautiful music, in my opinion, with it. Yeah. You know, I I put joints together that people forgot about. You go to Goodwills, you go to the Book Nook, you go to the mm-hmm. joint. You was talk value, value village, dude. Like, like man, you know that's hip hop to me. And yeah. it's it's also you know, on the macrocosmic level. You think about it, man. Like this country's in decline mm-hmm. financially, but there's gonna be a lot of, for lack of a better word, junk. When when things happen, when they play out, how they gonna play out? You know, China. Whatever happens with them, <laughs> when they come over here and, and your new your new president is uh, four foot six, yeah, <laughs> people don't believe it, man. Yo, I was like, dude, all I'm saying, me, yo, it's we gonna have to rebuild. Conversation. Yeah, we gonna have to rebuild a lot. It, Book and, of uh, Eli all, all over again. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was Book of Eli. Dude, I don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring, man. and I ain't trying to be on no doomsday vibe. But all I'm saying is, man, the the the, the blueprint of hip hop taking stuff that was non functional. And making you know billions of dollars out of it, that's pretty much that 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 black spirit, man. Like that that reconstruction, you know, when when we was coming out of slavery and actually having you know senate senate seats, mm-hmm. you know, when we actually had like representatives and politicians that came up and got their education with the Harvard, and they and their father was a picking cotton. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. That's hip hop. That's what we gonna do. That's that man. That that's a a, a great parallel, man, to, to see that because some people, just like you said, this record here, I, I probably paid like you know two dollars for these two records. Mm-hmm. Somebody gave it up. It was somebody gave it up. It was like oh, mm-hmm. I don't this wanna... world gave us up, brother. Like, yeah. Nobody came over here from Africa to come get us back. No, we, no, we, it was we, just like that's it. Y'all got gave it. up. Like all right, good luck. You know what I'm saying? Was like you know oh, they mean? over there now. Dude, I mean, figure it out. There were, there was tribes that were still doing business with the same people, Portuguese and all them who brought us over here, like in the 1800s. Like we are pretty much those records right there. Yeah, a lot of history, a lot of soul. You know what I'm saying? A lot of you know just encapsulated spirit. You know, we still got it, and we gonna pretty much use that to our advantage wherever we go mm-hmm. and that's what hip hop is to me that's why I don't play around with it man that's why it's not a game to me I have fun with it you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. and I take it seriously I take it more seriously than I take myself cause I'm a I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm fallible you know what I'm yeah. saying I can I can make mistakes you know what I'm saying yeah. so taking myself seriously and having a big ego is like it's just counterproductive, you know what I'm saying? But this art form itself is only as good as the people who are using it. Gotcha. So, I mean, I work toward myself, but I take this craft serious, man. I think it's a gift from God, man. Yeah, it's, it's important I mean? that people know that. Yeah, and that's I think this, this music is a direct reflection of just our people, the diaspora, how we make, you know, I was reading the other day, this brother in Africa, on, I think on the West Coast somewhere, he made a helicopter out of junk parts from a car from a Civic or something like that you know what I mean like and we up here complaining they in Africa dog yeah, like yeah. running water and man, lights is a problem sometimes dude, but. dude I was having this conversation with my wife man we were just talking about like how we take stuff so for granted here yeah man like small things you know what I'm saying just so small like I come home to a two bedroom apartment every day and to me I'm thinking like man I need to you know, work to get more. And you got people looking at this like, man, this is a mess. This is you a mess. You got right? people living in the closet. Like, yeah. you know, that's all the space they have. And I'm like, man, yeah. 
So it's all it's all relative, man. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm a part of a Guerrilla Republic, which is mm. a clothing line slash nonprofit organization slash empowerment movement, and um, pretty much there's no racial lines on it mm-hmm. because you got people in Ireland who got who get oppressed. You got people in Australia who get oppressed. You got people in London and, you know, South America, just Jamaica. I mean, really, I, I think race is man-made. I mean, it really is. Yeah. You know? But culture and ethnicity and nationality are very important things. And I love diversity. Yeah. You know, but there's brothers I would sit with and I call them brother because, you know, we, 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 uh, we organize ourselves under a certain principle. You know what I mean? Or principles, rather. Mm. And hip-hop is the foundation of that. It's the language we speak. And um, pretty much, man, I would like people to look more into that. It's a g-rep.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the, that just encapsulates in me for me, man, because um, my personal struggle and, and my people's struggle is unique. You know what I mean? And I can't take nothing away from nobody else's struggle, mm-hmm. no matter where they're from or their color, their skin alone. Because at the end of the day, it's about class. Yeah. And it's about elitism. And it's about politics, and you can buy your way pretty much to anybody's table, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, and I know I've been treated like shit by black cops. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I've been, like, harassed by black cops. I've had my... You know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't ain't nothing to that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, people serve their master, whoever that is. You know, some people serve the U.S. government. Some people worship a big owl. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) It's like... It's a bunch of different people yeah, out here, a lot of different yeah. spirits out here, and you know you gotta look with more than your eyes, and I think that was a, another big part of uh, my evolution in terms of picking up that microphone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I see how some people get down, and they're their biggest enemy, man, because they have so much hate, man. Like as long as you hating, you'll be around, you'll live, because they love it. Yeah, you know what I'm hey, man, dude, it's it's um I will say like like I started. Straight out to den dot com, um, the website, you know, November of mm-hmm. last year. So we we're 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 new in the blog world, if you want to say. You know, when you're talking about underground hip hop, it's focus based. You know what I mean? I remember I put something because I try to keep things positive on the site. I don't really put too much, you know, you know, like I say, any killing stuff or anything. Like I try to keep things, you know, fairly positive. You're not world star. Yeah, I'm not world star. I'm not world star. <laughs> you know what I mean? The minute I put something, I put something that wasn't even like bad, mm-hmm. but it was just a, a subject. I think it had something to do with the Kim Kardashian and Kanye uh, pregnant. You I know? got you. It was kind of like one of those stories where I didn't really want to put it up there, but I was just like, okay. It was a test yeah. because I'm, I'm I'm a business, so okay. I got to test what works. Through the roof, <laughs> content through the roof on it, this one subject. Hate. And I was like, <laughs> "Why?" Yeah. You know what I mean? And and it's one of those things where you know I have to be stubborn because at the end of the day, I want to. Is I treat this project just like I treat music, and with my music, when if you want something with you know that sounds like this, go and get it from that producer. Mm-hmm. If you want something that sounds like this, get it from, this is what I do, this is my art, I appreciate this art, do that. Right. You know what I mean? Same thing with the site. It was like, yeah, I could probably prosper great today mm-hmm. if I go and start doing all Just crazy stuff. Gossip column. Yeah, but I'm yeah. like, you know something, that's not what I want to do. It's I all about do. shifting culture, man. And like, if I want to shift culture to, to be a site where things are not always negative, then... 
I applaud you. Man. Yeah, I might yeah. as well. I mean, what I have to lose? I don't have anything yeah. to lose. You know what I'm saying? It's like, just go. So you know. Yeah, there's a um, there's a uh, not to harp on world star, but the Zulu Nation. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a recent inductee into the Zulu Nation, and um, one of the Zulu kings wrote a letter, open letter to uh, the cat who runs World Star, and uh, pretty much called them to task. You know what I'm saying? Just just trying to get off of that lower level entertainment. Yeah, you know what I mean. Empower the youth, man, because there's so many people. Man, we as a people got so much disposable income, and and especially when you're talking about in uh, versus Africans. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And, as far as the people of color in this area, man, we got so much talent, so much influence around the world, and we got a lot of we, we can we can do more than what we're doing. Yeah, we, we can got. do a whole lot more, man. Oh yeah, you, you know, know I know we we've been talking for for a minute, man. So I, we can definitely you know wrap it up shortly, but right. but to um to well three things to to what you said, I just have a public service announcement. Everyone with your income tax checks. I want you to do one or two things. <laughs> Either reinvest or just save it. That's it. Yeah. It was your money in the first place. That's the that's the one thing. It's your money <laughs> in the first place that the government got and they used it to make more money off of it. Right. Stimulate their own Stim- and, and and when you go off and, and spend it and blow it on useless stuff, all you do is basically put it back into the government and boost the economy for a short lived time. And you do- run it in place. Yeah, you're running in place. So do what the government do with our money. Get it, reinvest, buy some stock, put it in savings. You know, do something, something beneficial. Positive. We're something a nation positive. within a nation. That's what I'm saying, man. Yeah. Like, and do they that. At, they look at us as a threat, to be real with you. Because a nation within a nation is always going to try to get out Yeah. at some yeah. point. Yeah. So that's, that's some real shit. I strapped up with mine. I'm mm. going to be real. Like, I got, I got, a, I got a weapon <laughs> with my income. You know what I'm saying? I'm not big on violence or nothing like that, but... You know what I mean? Like that's just one thing. That's just what I did with mine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. And, and then some. I also have a um, a company that I'm starting uh, called uh, the Pickpocket. It's so you said you said company you're starting. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's well, it's not even. A, it's a product. But you're reinvesting. I'm reinvesting. That's what you know. You know what I'm saying? I mean? That's the key, man. That's yeah. that's so the key because it's it happens. And you know, man, like it's just it's something that I see with our people, man, because we do it. We you know. Income tax check time come, all the car lots are empty. <laughs> yeah, all man. the malls are full, and it's like if you need a car, I get it. Get a car. Get a you, need, you, need, you, need, you know, you need transportation, mm-hmm. but that shouldn't be you buying a car every year with your income tax. Yeah, checks. just stunting. You know, ball on a budget. You know, hood rich. <laughs> yeah, hood rich man. Like you know, you got it this month and next month. You're trying to figure out how to pay rent. It doesn't yeah. make sense to me. Yeah, just hold on to it, man. Yeah. Educate yourself, man. Um, yeah, that's some real, that's real spit, man. I remember yeah. that, that reminds me of that skit that uh, Dave Chappelle did about um, the uh, yeah. reparations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I miss Chappelle show, man. Dude, for real, man. I miss Chappelle show. But it, it's just, man, it, it, it's one of those things that we could easily change. It's not mm-hmm. hard to do. It's mm-hmm. like, look at it like this. If you're in the mindset of like, I never had that money. Mm-hmm. So it's a bonus. Right. If you want to look at it like that. So if you treat it like a bonus where it's like, oh, it's a bonus, but I never had it. Let me throw it back here. Yeah, just you, you would have lived without it. You would have lived without it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You already did. You went 12 months without right. it. You know what I'm saying? So like just just throw it in the back, man. And it's like, man, dude, just think about it. If you did that, if you getting, you know, 25 to 3,500, you know, a year, 
if you just forget about it for 10 years, you're sitting on $35,000. Man, yeah, man. You got to think long term. You know, average black man don't live that long, so. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? You might be like, well, you know, I'm trying to flip mine. But no, that's that's real, man. At least for your children's sake. Yeah, uh, man. Like, you know. Something. I'm not saying like, you know, okay, you might want to buy yourself something. Nothing wrong with treating yourself. Mm-hmm. 3500 Okay, do what you want to with five. Put that three in the bank. Or do, you know, do yeah. something with that three. Like, yeah. you can still treat yourself. But, I mean, it's more so about just trying to change the mindset, man. Because... Burn a hole in your pocket, man. Yeah, just, man. Now nah, like... I feel you, man. I mean, I, I used to get Hope Scholarship. Yeah. yeah. I used to rip through that bread. Dude, dog. we all... I'm, I'm, I'm speaking as somebody who did that. Yeah. Don't you know doubt, what I mean? Like, because we, we... I mean, you know, I got the Hope Scholarship. I used to take out student loans that I really didn't need so I can get a bigger refund check. Mm-hmm. No doubt. We've been there, you know. We've been there. It's like, you know. As this whole thing is falling, you know, this system is, man, trillions of dollars of debt when, you know, less than that would solve homelessness or hunger. You know what I mean? It's like the people who are expecting you to be responsible are not being responsible (laughs) at all. The same people. It's like, it's ridiculous, man. So you can really just change your behavior. Can that's how you win? Yeah, because these folks is losing, and they yeah. want you to lose with them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, we 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 talked about a lot of stuff. Like yeah. we really went real political on on, on this one, and right. it's great because people it. need to hear this stuff. People mm-hmm. definitely need to hear it. Now, uh, one thing, the other two things, all the contact info, no how people can um, reach you, just let them know that you know, so we can have that. Cool. Uh, my Twitter is Yami all day. That's Y A M I N all day. That's also my Instagram. Facebook, a fan page, like it, facebook.com slash Yami Somali Music. Same thing for my YouTube, yeah, youtube.com, Yami Somali Music. Look out for my new video coming out like next week. It's called Yamin. Um, it's a lot of, you know, Google, man, is my friend, you know, for mm-hmm. me. Yamin Somali, Y-A-M-I-N-S-E-M-A-L-I. Yamin meaning the right, Somali meaning the left. So that balance is definitely mm. on my head all day. And um, yeah, man, that's, that's where you can holler at me at, man. And uh, you kind of did this earlier, but, you know, some people like to tune in at the very end of the podcast just to hear this. Mm-hmm. I always ask every artist that I, I come in contact with to just give us some bars before they leave. Oh, beautiful. All right, I love to, man. Um, I could do... Man, all right, I'll just, I'll just rhyme something I, I've been pinning lately. Okay. Um, let me see. Eclipsing everybody, trying to sun me. They still under the penumbra of my thumb while I'm above three. Feet high and rising through the highs and goodbyes. I'ma keep time traveling. Beats as my guide, cause a moment don't slip away. I own it, then give away. Set it free, get head in the sheets like a triple K. What's a minute to someone who's so infinite? Who's holding the ticket for heaven's entrance when no one's in it? And no, no one's interested. I'm holding the line, but it ain't nobody towing it. Just show me your sign. And if you owe me what's mine, just pay the toll. You'll be fine. Never take it over the line. Supposing I'm kind, because my grind is real. All you got is time to kill. Might as well throw in the towel right after the dryer bell. <laughs> and I'm high as hell, swimming in clouds of smoke like Michael Phelps. Boy, smite yourself. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, man, it's Jay Good at straightoutthedin.com, man. We out. Appreciate you.